Amen. That was great, James. Where, where are you? I'm trying to find you. Oh, you're too close to me. Uh, I, I'll have a question. What's the highest uh, award that a Royal Ranger is? Still the gold medal achievement, or have they renamed that? Or and I want to ask how close are they are to that. This is really special because I cannot remember the last gold medal achievement if I'm if I'm my memory needs to be helped here uh, because when the Royal Rangers get into the teens they usually go to youth and uh, then that usually stops but this is why they're coming on Sunday night and um, I, I'm, I'm so excited about them getting to the gold medal achievement because it is kind of like an Eagle Scout uh, level of stuff so uh, well, good morning. God is so good. We're going to pray for our youth uh, at the end of the service because they'll be heading out to camp and pray for the leaders, too, so that God will touch them. Um, I'm going to share a message. We're going to be reading from John chapter 18, if you want to find that, on a quest for truth. Um, I don't know about you, but I kind of have... A skeptical view of news today. I know that's probably a shock to you. But let me ask you this. On a scale of 1 to 10, you don't have to answer this. Just think, on a scale of 1 to 10, how much do you trust the news sources that we have today? Just in your mind. And it's okay if you want to say a number. Zero. <laughs> zero. Well, I, would, I wouldn't say zero. Um... Maybe one. No, like, uh, I, I grew up when the news was trustworthy. And when uh, Walter Cronkite came on, some, some of you have to look that name up, you know, like, who is that? But the news was like, they just shot straight as an arrow, whether it was uh, Jimmy Carter and, you know, they didn't, they didn't cut him any slack with the disaster in Tehran Iran with the hostages, and it was, a, it was just a disaster. So they really hammered him. It's kind of like they, they had eyes just for what was right and what was true. But uh, today we're a little skeptical. But we're a little bit more sure about weather forecasting, right? <laughs> I think I need to call it weather guessing. Just, uh, what, two or three weeks ago, um, we were in Gulf Shores, with Kelly and Abigail, Brenda and I, the four of us. And here's a couple of things. We were, we were told that the weather at Gulf Shores, the three days we're going to be there, was going to rain every day. It didn't rain at all until that night, our last night, when we was going to get up and leave, and then it was kind of like boom, boom kind of, kind of rain. I, I can tell you this, though, three out of the four got a lot of sunshine, And one knew that the sun will burn you, and, and he stayed out of the sunshine. But that Wednesday night, services here were canceled. 
because they forecasted severe weather. It did not happen. And so here we are. We, we've always had kind of like an honest suspicion about weather forecasting, but now we can't even hardly determine what is true. What do we hear that's absolutely true? I want to take you to um, a reliable source for truth this morning. That's the Word of God in John chapter 18. Um, if you're there, you'll see that this is the time that Jesus has been uh, tried by the Jewish court and condemned and sent on to Pilate. And this is his interaction with Pilate. There's some interesting things about this that we're going to dive into. This is, uh, we're going to begin reading verse 33. It said, Pilate went back inside the palace, summoned Jesus, and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus' reply was, Is that your own idea, or did others talk to you about me? Am I a Jew? Pilate replied. Your own people and chief priests handed you over to me. What is it you have done? Jesus said, My kingdom is not of this world. If it were... My servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. You are a king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. And Pilate replied, what?" is truth it's a great question it's kind of a philosophical question but it's a great question all four gospels record Pilate asking Jesus are you the king of the Jews you can go to Matthew Mark Luke and John all of them record that question he walks in he says are you the king of the Jews this is what he's hearing the people accuse him of and so he goes straight to the Lord and asks him, are you the king of the Jews? Three out of the four, his reply is, you said so. Except what John records. Now, it doesn't mean that there, there's a distortion from what happened with Matthew, Mark, and Luke. It just means there was more to the conversation than the three previously required. And in fact... What John writes is much more expanded on Jesus' interaction with Pilate. It's very interesting. This is not a correction. This is not saying that it's not trustworthy. It simply says that they, John added to what was going on. In verse 37, Pilate made a statement, and I think this is the only thing that you find in the NIV is that it's a declarative statement. It's with an exclamation mark. You are a king then. You go to all the other... Maybe you can find a translation on your phone or something that says it with a question mark. All of the translations put a question mark except the NIV. You are a king then. ESV says, so you are a king, question mark. But it seems by what the Lord's reply was that it, he wasn't saying a question. He wasn't asking a question. Jesus didn't answer or respond as though he was asking a question. Because he said, you know, your own people, he says, other people, did other people talk to you or did you come up with this on your own? And he says, well, you're, I'm not a Jew. It's your own people. It's turned you over to me. And this is when he said, this, 
My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest. Now my kingdom is from another place. And this is when Pilate said, then you are a king. And Jesus replied to that, you say that I'm a king. In fact, and he didn't say you asked that I'm a king. He says, you say that I'm a king. And in fact, I, was, I came for this very reason. So I think you get the sense that Pilate is getting just a little bit nervous here. And he should be. Um, his conversation in John is really fascinating. Uh, when you read it, you know, sometimes we read Scripture and we kind of like, we read it before and it just is Scripture. But think about where Pilate is and where Jesus is at in the order of authority. Pilate is the highest authority in that city. He has the authority to kill anyone, execute anyone, with or without a trial. He can order, he ordered sometimes multiple crucifixions just because he wanted to get rid of some of the troublemakers. In fact, six years after this happens, Pilate is, with, with, is removed from leadership in Jerusalem, sent to Rome to answer about his cruelty to people. And tradition says that he committed suicide. So for him to engage as cruel and as inhumane as he could be, for him to engage Christ in a conversation seems to be out of the norm. And what we have here is really a unique conversation. He said, it's your people. And Jesus replied, for this reason I was born to testify the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. Talk about a truth statement. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. So if you're not listening to Jesus, who are you listening to? I mean, that's a declarative statement. That's like separate, that's like dividing the house, right? Everyone who is on the side of truth listens to me. If you don't listen to me, that means you're not on the side of truth. Just take what the Lord said at face value. On this side, he draws, he's like drawing a line in the sand. He said, on this side is a worldview that's absent of me. On this side is a worldview that says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets in other in any other way. There is no other door. Does that make Christianity exclusive? Yes, it does. And in our world of inclusion, there's people that's pressuring us to kind of like muddy the water a little bit because we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I think probably when people in reality of eternity find out that there was this truth and no one told them, that there's going to be a lot of people upset because they rubbed shoulders with people who didn't tell them the truth. And this is why this is so important. Jesus is all about what matters in life. If a man would gain the whole world and lose his own soul, what a tragedy. What a disaster. He alone is the only hope of eternal life. You think about truth, what Jesus did, does here. He separates camps. He, he separates people. Everyone on the side of truth listens to Christ. Think about all of the laws that the Jewish people broke, that Caiaphas broke. He broke seven laws by the trial of Jesus. And every single one of them, 
They weren't listening to truth, were they? They were fabricating a whole deceptive plan to destroy him, lying every step of the way. Undoubtedly, they forgot about the commandment, you shall not bear false witness against anyone. Because everything about that trial was false. He declared, he looked at Jesus, and Jesus being the truth, he declared that you are guilty. And he even called him a blasphemer. What is truth? Pilate's question. Let's look at that answer a little bit. What is truth? In defining truth, it's, it's helpful to see what truth is not. Truth stands alone in the face of success. Not everything that is successful is truthful. Just follow me for a little bit. If it works, it doesn't mean it's true. If it gets you the, re, the re desired outcome, it doesn't necessarily mean that that process was right. You might get the outcome that you want, but the way you get there could be against truth. Lies may work for a desired outcome, but they're still lies. They're still falsehoods. But that outcome will not endure. It will not last. Truth is the only thing that will last. It stands alone. When Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no one comes to the Father but me, he's separating himself from all other sources and all other truth claims. If, and, and, and people like to go to logic and understanding. Truth sometimes makes people feel bad. <laughs> sometimes you have to tell the truth. Don't. There's some of us in this room, don't ask us for our honest opinion. <laughs> Unless you really want an honest opinion. And sometimes you just have to say, well, you, I, I better not answer that question. But sometimes we want to hear an answer that feeds what we want to believe. And truth is not established by a majority vote. I was thinking the other day, uh, I, I love politics. Um, I don't say a whole lot about politics because I, I don't think it's really, you know, I got more important things to talk about. But I couldn't wait to vote for the first time in 1972. That's the year we got married. And I was so excited about voting for the President of the United States. And it was, uh, hmm, I, I can't add up the years, but the best person that I ever voted for for President. Anybody want to? No? No, no, no. I didn't say anyone elected President. <laughs> I said the best person I voted for president was a guy by the name of Alan Keyes. And how many know who I'm talking about? See, the house, you're going to have to just do some research. I love that man's ideas. He's the only person I ever signed up to help in his campaign. And he was cut off from... The debate, and this guy was, it's too bad he wasn't elected. He was a former ambassador, incredible person. But just because a majority votes someone in or votes anything in doesn't mean it's right. Because truth does not rest on 
Truth will stand alone when everybody else is rejecting it. It still remains truth. It doesn't mean that it damages truth. It just means it damages the people who are not adhering to the truth. Ask those who were decimated by the policies of Adolf Hitler. He was elected by a majority vote in Germany. Elected. This was not a military coup. This was a man who espoused his ideas and the majority of the German people elected him and look at the disaster that the majority can bring about. Making the, the German people believe that Jewish people were the problem of all the ills of society. From drug use to uh, abuse to child abuse, they were blamed for everything. And in years of this kind of like, this propaganda, the majority of people in Germany come to the conclusion that we'd be all better off without them. So you can see that the majority doesn't vote on truth. Truth will always stand alone. It stands alone when it comes to intentions. Sometimes good intentions may not really center on truth, right? The Greek word for truth is an interesting word. Aletheia. Aletheia. And it's made up of two different words. Ah, which is a negative. And lethano, I believe it is, meaning hidden. So it means to unhide or pull the shade off the curtain off of something. It's something that's real, something that's true. Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will, what? Set you free. Can I ask you a question? Free from what? What will, this, what will truth set you free from? You know, it'd be good if it just set you free from you. And from me. Because we are our own, sometimes we are our own worst enemy. Because we try to use logic and conclusions. Know the truth. We must know the truth in order for the truth to do its work. He didn't say, and the truth will set you free. He says, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. I can't. I can't go further than just saying I encourage you to pursue truth. To pursue truth. Hold on to God's word. When Jesus pulled, drew that line in the sand, put your feet on the solid ground of God's authority, on his side. His word, his word will ask everything else. Heaven and earth will pass away, right? But he said, my word will never pass ever pass away. Why? Because it's truth and it will outlast everything. And really and truly, when you look at Colossians chapter 1, truth created all things. Because Jesus said he is truth. He is the personification of truth. Not a little bit true, but he is absolutely true. 100% true. There's no variables with him. There's no shadow or turning. There's nothing lacking in him. He is absolutely 100% ordained by God as a son of God to redeem this broken, fallen world that we live in. He created all things. Listen to Colossians 1.16. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. 
whether thrones or powers or rulers or authority. Now remember this. When someone claims that there's no such thing as truth, when someone claims there's no such thing as truth, they just included themselves. Just think about it a little bit. (laughs) They're making a truth statement when they say there's no such thing as truth, so that includes we don't have to believe you either. Because if there's no such thing as truth, but we know there is such a thing as truth. I remember Jason, when he was a teenager, and maybe he's not listening to this (laughs) or pulling it back up. But he was, in, he was in his mid-teens, and I remember him telling me, we lived in Jackson at the time, and he says, there's this gathering, this party or something that's going on, and I, I wanted to go to it, and I asked him some questions about it, and I wasn't really happy with his answers. And I said, well, I don't know, you're not going to be going. And he says, but everybody's going. And uh, I don't know if I picked this up from somebody else, but... I remember distinctly, I said, well, that can't be true. He says, oh, yeah, yeah, everybody's going. I said, can't be true, son. No, I mean everybody's going. I said, think about it. If you're not going, then everybody's not going. <laughs> well, I'm going to be the only one. I said, I, I'm, not the pa- I'm not the parent of the rest of you. I'm your parent, and I don't feel good about this. If there's ever a day that we need to be hawkish with our children, it's today. And sometimes truth is not going to be a happy thing for your little girl and your little boy. Because they want to do a certain thing. And Jesus, listen to what Jesus said. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. And so if you're doing something that you're not listening to him, you might ought to back up and think about it. Because truth will separate us. People cannot really speak truth away or dismiss it. It's going to be there. It's going to remain there. It'll stay there. It'll be there after you and I are gone. You know, sometimes we hear people that come to the conclusion that the day and time we have as a church, as the body of Christ, there's just not any miracles going on anymore. And the day of miracles, have you heard that? The day of miracles is over The day of God healing people is over. And I've just really thought, what do you you pray for people when they ask for prayer? And why even bother? When someone needs God to do a mighty work in their lives, and people have come to the conclusion that that doesn't happen anymore, then we're left with it's all up to us. And it's all up to the doctor, and it's all up to the medicine. And when you walk into a hospital room, it says, you know, I'm here to pray for you, and, and um, I'm just going to pray that uh, you'll die peacefully. How's that? <laughs> yeah. If you're not going to pray for them to recover and for what the doctors predicted for them, then why pray at all? But when you believe that God is still the author of miracles and power and can do things way beyond what our abilities are, then we pray. And so what happens if, it, if nothing happens? We still pray. We don't give up on God. The truth will always remain. He is the source of everything we lack. Christ alone will stand the test of time. 
And I just want to ask, where, where are you? Where are you emotionally? Where are you spiritually? Where are you physically? Mentally? All of these, we're such a complex creation, aren't we? <laughs> you know, we, we just go through ups and downs and, you know, the, the last two weeks is I've just lost total confidence in electronics. You know, I'm just going to go get a typewriter somewhere <laughs> with a ribbon on it so I can trust what I'm doing is going to work. But we in, we're in this world and we, we want everything to work just right. And sometimes when things go haywire, we kind of lose our cool. And we forget there's more things important than our comfort. Truth is more important than your comfort level. And sometimes truth will put you in an uncomfortable way where you have to come to a conclusion that this is not right. What I'm doing is not right. I can never make it right because it's not lined up with truth. It's not lined up with God. Maybe, maybe I need to do this here uh, I apologize to all the people in the lobby it's for me before ser- during service, during the start of service. I, well, how do I say that? Because <laughs> I kind of like chided them a little bit because I should have been in here next to Brenda when service started, but I had something <laughs> happen. So walking through the lobby, I just thought this is a beautiful moment. I said, how y'all doing? Something like that. I says, well, there's probably nothing important happening inside, so I'm just going to go on in. I'm sorry about that. I shouldn't have done that. I don't, I don't even think that was in truth. I sh- I'll just take that back and apologize, so you forgive me. How about that? I want to la- land on truth, and I want to be honest with God. When we step over the line, we have to be honest with God and say, well, I reacted wrong there. I don't know if you you remember happy days. See, I'm dating myself. Goodness. And the Fonz could not say he was ruh, ruh, ruh. Never could get it out. W-R is about all he could get out. He couldn't get out wrong. He couldn't say wrong. He couldn't admit that he had done anything wrong. And it's sometimes I think for us to really have a repentant heart when we step over the line of truth, we need to say to God, I was wrong, and I am wrong, and I'm in a wrong relationship. I'm in a wrong place, and he's calling me out of that darkness into his light. Truth is a specific line. It's not fuzzy. It's not really flexible. It's a straight line, and you're either on the side of what is right or you're on the side of what is wrong. So I'd like for you to stand with me as the praise team comes up. And before, before we have the youth come up for prayer, I started asking a question about where, where are you? Where are we emotionally, spiritually, mentally, physically? Where are we? I want to tell you, truth is your source of help. Truth will help you. 
land on truth today. Put your feet right squarely on what Jesus is saying and say, Lord, I want to be on the side of truth and I will listen to you because that's how truth works. It always listens to you. There's a lot of voices in our minds. Lord, I ask this morning for those who are battling different voices inside their soul, inside their mind, they're in conflict, they're, they're trying to figure out how to get out of this situation. You have all power to rescue them. Even if the battle is strictly within their own soul and within their own mind, you still can come to the rescue of their life, their mind, their emotions, their stability. If you're in a great battle this morning, if you're in a great struggle, you're fighting a war, I want you to step out from where you're standing. Come and stand here in the front. I, I need God to give me some wisdom. I need him to give me some direction. Just come and stand here. God's going to speak to you. God's going to give you direction. He will help you through a crisis this morning. He will specifically lead your steps to a place of wellness and wholeness. If you're facing a decision like, I, I can't figure out which way to go here. He is your voice. He is your voice of truth. Some of you that would like to come and just stand with these and pray with them. That God would indeed bring clarity of mind, clarity of soul to them. What to do? What's the next step, Lord?